Welcome to another episode of Meta Athletes to Playbook. We bring our coaches insights directly to our community. And today, Coach B, we have a fun one. And um, it's it's kind of like making me laugh because I'm getting like flashbacks to uh, some of these like conferences that we've been to. And um, it's honestly, I think in my in my experience so far in NFTs, it's been the most enjoyable part is like connecting with people, um, getting to hang out with them. And just like nothing crazy, like literally just walking around the streets of New York or uh, getting something to eat. And um the reason why it's making me laugh is because the guest that we have on today, she has uh, she has this idea that things have to get competitive. And uh, when everybody, we're having a beer, we're walking around trying to get pizza, she's ready to do push-up competitions. And so um, it's kind of making me laugh a little bit, but it kind of ties back together to, um, you know, why we wanted to bring her on the show and, um, and why we really wanted to dive into, um, you know, what she has going on and, and maybe even why, you know, she's attracted to meta-athletes in our community. And so... Uh, Tess, welcome to the show. Uh, it's 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 good to have you on because we, you know, it's really cool. Me, Coach B, obviously have a ton of uh, a ton of people we want to bring on the show, but um, we thought you would be a really great one to bring on because there's this huge tie to NFTs. We all spend so much time uh, in this emerging tech world and um, in the community side, in the marketing side, um, content creation side, and um, you know, one of the reasons we really want to bring you on is because you kind of embody a lot of the things that we do at Meta Athletes. Um, from like an ideal community member standpoint, but also like a true leader in your own, right? You know, from, uh, I just remember early in NFTs, like you putting on spaces, having conversations yeah. publicly, getting to know people, networking. And um, I was like instantly drawn to things that you guys were building. And um, that definitely followed over to your current position with Bulls and Apes. So um, one, how are you? And, and uh, we have a few questions and we want to dive into it. But um, I'm kind of curious from from your side, Tess, um, the whole meta athletes conversation. And, you know, there's a really cool point when you, you know, you like reached out and were, you were like, hey, I've been looking at this for quite a bit. And I think what you guys are doing is really interesting. Um, I'm kind of curious, like before we really got to know each other, you know, what's your impression is, impression of like what we were doing is. And I think that that might be a cool way to kind of start us off. Yeah. Um, first of all, hi. Yeah. Uh, Great to be here. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm super pumped for this. Um, I feel like this is going to be the first of probably a few episodes yeah. that we get to hang out. Um, but it's, I totally forgot actually about the push-ups in New York City Street. And um, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, but the other thing I actually kind of forgot about too that you just reminded me of is about meta-athletes and how we were doing the day we drop uh, Twitter space show and we had you on free mints and found out about it. And I had known you, you know, in the Lions community before, and we'd been involved a little bit, but hadn't really got to know you very well. And that's that space, that show really got, um, gave us the opportunity to get to know each other a lot better. And I definitely loved what I heard there, but it, it's kind of ironic, you know, these are the things when you're, you know, talking about being in the NFT space, um, you know, being on space and being a leader in this space, a, a big question people always ask is like, how do you know a good community? How do you decide where to commit to being and, you know, buy into that community and be, be a part of it? And it really is, I feel like the, the, the really good deep ones sometimes aren't those hot, like, bam. And I, first time I heard about it, I'm in like, sometimes like it's the, the slow burns, <laughs> okay. um, so, you know, it definitely, it took me a little bit. Um, I really enjoyed what you guys had going on. Um, and I think 
and you and I talked about this Drew a little bit when I talked when I you know like you said I reached out and was like hey I really like what I'm hearing I I do think I had a bit of a barrier to entry because I didn't feel that I was an athlete mm-hmm. per se to be in the in the uh, community and I was kind of like you know I love the idea of the access that you do get from the coaching um, but I just didn't know if it was gonna like fit into my vibe and if it would be something that um, you know like like I said I didn't I didn't view myself in the athletic mindset. Um, and thankfully I did have the call with you, Drew, and you, and you set me straight. <laughs> well, it's, uh, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that point up because it's something that I think, you know, people get the appearance and they get the idea that like, you have to like love football or basketball or baseball and like be a lifelong athlete or tradition. I think the best way to put it is traditional athlete. And I think that you, when I talked to you, you know, um, you felt like you were fitting that mold of traditional athlete. Yet it didn't really matter, right? Because like we had these core values that you were aligned to. Um, but then we also found out that you were an athlete, just totally not a traditional one. And it's similar to um, to Delphi Cat in the um, in the three sixty five community when it comes to equestrian. And we learned so much from her about you know the relationship with the horse, the the, the team bond there that's much different than traditional team bond, and um, you know the the training and the competitions and and how similar it can be. Um, if you take a step back and you look at it as a competition and you look at it as high performance and training. And um, so there's a lot that we could learn there. Um, but maybe we'll take a step back, you know, Tess. So like, were you always into equestrian from a young age? Were you competitive? Like, that's the one thing I think about you is like, and not competitive as like, a, you know, like trying to knock somebody down, but like for you to be like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it the best way. Or if I'm going to be a Twitter space host, like I'm going to be the best Twitter space host I can be. And so that's what I think about when I think about like you and your energy that you bring. Were you always like that from a kid? Like I, I can, I could imagine you being a small kid, like <laughs> on the playground and like being the leader of, of like three on three basketball, whatever it is. Um, so maybe you can tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah. So um, I, it's great, uh, great for us to do this, uh, you know, pod today. Cause I'm actually in my hometown visiting my dad. So um, it's very, very nostalgic and I'm able to talk about how I grew up and I did actually grow up writing. I was that girl at like three years old without a poem for Christmas. Um, yeah. Yep. I, um, I got, I got my first pony for Christmas and I was very young. So I've been writing my whole life. Um, but the, the real, uh, I got, you know, it's funny, like you said, the competition, it's really not about a competitive mindset. It is a leadership mindset. And that leadership What's mindset that? was really instilled in me from my father, um, who is a military background. And so, um, you know, talking about being a leader and how you can excel, be, you know, the people that you surround yourself with. And to your point, you know, like, I'm like if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it the best I can. And then when I rope you in, it's not so I outdo you. It's so we rise together. Right. Yeah. That's to me, like, really what it's about. And um, so that's why I love challenges, the push up challenge, the you know, like I think I tagged you for a while. We were doing uh, stories on Insta challenges. Yeah. Like I love them because it's everyone wins, and that's exactly uh, the leadership mentality that my dad, you know, kind of really instilled in me as I was coming up. So, um, you know, and, and being an equestrian, I think really gives you a perspective on that. As far as like you were saying, the relationship with this, you know, animal that's so large that at any moment could really just decide not to do whatever you want, and it's got a mind of its own. And it really puts into perspective a um, like how to think about people and how to work mm-hmm. with other people 
because you can, you know, as a leader and working together and on a team, um, this team, you know, yes, it's with a horse and, and it's an animal, but the same thing transcends, I think, to people team members is there we're all our own individuals. We've all got our own backgrounds. And just like, you know, you can get a horse that came from another owner and you have no idea its history. You've got to learn and figure out how it likes things. Each horse is different about how you ask for little, you know, for their walk, trot, canter. People are the same way. And um, if anything, it's harder to figure out sometimes because horses don't walk. (laughs) So I think it gave me a good good basis in being patient, um, trying different ways of asking the same question, you know, over um, because people learn in different ways, people communicate in different ways, the same way that a horse might like you to do a a ask of a move in in one way where another horse might like it a different way. So um, I think it really helped. I, I will say for anyone listening, um, not immediately. It definitely took some maturing. I will say that. Um, I did not, you know, go into like middle school and high school totally understanding it. I was definitely a very strong headed, very uh, forward pushing. Um, and, and it took time to learn that patience for sure. Um, but uh, once I did and I started seeing the results, I, I just didn't look back. It's been great ever since. That's awesome. Now, Tess, I, I want to go back and, and just, just a little bit like I, we have Drew and I both have a mutual high level of mutual respect for you and for what you've done. And so, and for what you've been doing. And I remember when you posted on Insta and you tagged us that you had a met athletes or that you joined, I remember screenshotting and sending it to Drew right away. I was like, oh my God, like Tess joined, uh, the met athletes and we were just so fired up and so excited for you to be here. And now that we have the opportunity to talk to you. Um, everything you talk about leadership is very in line with the way we think about things at Meta Athletes. Now, what was it about, you know, crypto in this space in particular that that inspired you to want to build and lead um, in this kind of new frontier? So this is a funny story. Um, so my my handle when I came into this space, uh, Anon, uh, because when I came into the space, I was very nervous. Didn't know who the people were. Was very suspicious, uh, suspicious, right? Like, don't know if I could trust you all. Um, so my my handle is her crypto, and I joked for a long time after I got into the space and got really active. I should have been her NFT because crypto. Actually, I'm not as an OG crypto um, holder or investor as a lot of my friends or a lot of other people in the space. Um, I first got introduced to crypto at another again. My dad um, actually talked to me about Bitcoin years like years ago i don't even remember when and i like blew him off honestly like, i was so dumb like why did i do this um, i was like yeah dad whatever he like got some and he oh. held it and i was just like i, I don't want it no i don't doing your weird bit corn no so oh well uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was a smart one exactly yeah so fast forward i was at work and one of the girls i work with uh she was she would play stocks you know like on uh on uh, Robin Hood, you know, buying some Tesla here, Starbucks there, and then playing in the coin. And she was doing this really funny coin called Doge. And it was this really <laughs> little dog. And she'd been, t- she would come into work talking about it and be like, oh, this is up, this is down. And I was like, I've never really gotten into this trader mentality. And, um, but just hearing her talk about it each day, and I kind of started asking questions, downloaded my Robin Hood wallet, got my first Doge and my mm-hmm. first sheep, like, and then kind of went down that rabbit hole and then found out a lot of information was on Twitter which also through courses, there's actually a large course Twitter. So oh. I was like, well, I'm familiar with Twitter. Let me do the same thing, but like 
started a whole new account, read, you know, and I was nervous, but I was, you know, as I got in, I, I found out about these NFTs and started hearing about NFTs. And honestly, for me, it felt more like a community. It felt more like something that I could be a part of versus a bystander in, um, you know, and, and nothing against anyone who's a heavy trader, crypto bro or anything like love you all you've got a different mentality but i just think nfts were the best marketing that ever happened to crypto like making it super like community and involved and you know you get to feel like you're a part of something and help shaping how a community is built it just happens to be on our you know blockchain technology gave it a lot more of like a um like an ownership type feeling and then the space itself as it was moving i could just tell that this is something that's going to completely shape the future Obviously, we have the fintech side with the blockchain and then uh, crypto with, you know, changing how we do our day-to-day peer-to-peer finances and the possible future of that situation. There's also opened up so many ideas of just how we operate in the day-to-day with the next phase of the internet. And, you know, I just, I just had this really deep feeling. I wish I could pinpoint like a moment, a time, something, but I just felt this innate, like really big pull inside of me that this was an opportunity and a girl came on our space, uh, the daily drop again, she came up, asked a question and I was telling her about this feeling I had. And she said, it's a digital renaissance. Awesome. And I was like, that, that's well that said. Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, told her, I said, I'm going to always think of this and remember it. And I'll always, I don't remember her name, but if she watches this, she'll know who she is. I said, I'd always, uh, you know, reference you and give you that cred, but, um, it, it is absolutely something that you could just tell it's an opportunity and, um, that you know, it could be whatever you make it. And so, you know, I got involved and like you said, I was hosting spaces, talking to people. And once again, just trying to learn along the way for myself. And if I'm learning for myself, why not bring others with me and lift others up? So paving the way and showing other people that a girl from a critical care, health care background and no financial advice, like background at all is able to make it and work and be an active participant in this industry hopefully inspire other people to do it too. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good things. There's a lot of good things there. The, um, two, two things that stood out for me. The first one is, I mean, first the digital Renaissance, I think it's huge. I love that word. I think all three of us here are like total opportunists. Like we want to seek opportunity. Um, we want to seek opportunity to make impact and, you know, not just for financial gain, but you know, to, to do good things with good people as, as our friend Fazer likes to say. And, um, one of the things that came up for me is you said that you're not really um, of the trading mentality. And that, you know, I think like years later, like I still view you as not somebody that's like in tune with the trading mentality. Like I think your wallet has like 10 transactions on it. And um, what's so interesting to me about that is um, <laughs> it just shows that, you know, like one, you're here for another reason, but also you value much different things. And I think that that's something that the meta athletes community I think the one common denominator between all of us is that we value something more than just uh, the financial vehicle that NFTs and crypto can be. And uh, this kind of leads us into our next question. You know, I think you're very similar to, to me and B. Like we came here to network, we came here to make impact. Mm. And um, and ultimately why I think we stay, you know, and, and the space continue to build in the space is because, because of that factor. Um, and so in addition to networking, one thing that I know about you, Tess, and the conversations that we have is um, you're always seeking um, knowledge and you're always seeking coaching mentorship. Um, you, you rarely, you know, coach me, we just talked about this on our last podcast, but like we want to be effective, right. And we yeah. want to make sure that our time is, is best spent and, and, and effective. 
And sometimes to do that, we have to learn from somebody who has good experience or has um, a certain level of understanding experience in a certain, you know, skill set or a certain industry. And um, so Tess, how important has like mentorship been to you, um, one, throughout your life, but even more specifically for what you do professionally, you know, like when you, when you set your mind to something, I feel like you're the type of person that's like, okay, I'm going to go find somebody that has done this really successfully. And I want to learn from them so that I can, I can make this transition as smoothly as possible. So uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of insight into how mentorship has made an impact on you. Yeah. So mentorship is huge. Um, you know, there's so much work that's been done in humanity, um, of paving the way in multiple different circumstances. And, uh, I think, you know, the people who go through the hard labor of making the way for you, where whether it's because you're a woman, because you're a person of color, because you're the first time, you know, the first person who went to the moon, you know, like all these different things, the pioneers paved the way and they, they set the standard and they do it so others can learn from them. And so I feel like it's really important that we honor them and we understand that this is, you know, like they did the blood, sweat and tears. So I don't have to go through the same type of, trials tribulations and struggle if i'm smart about it now obviously you know that is like you said to your point it, it's it is a mentality it is a concept that you have to own and and have and seek out um sometimes um there's a lot of you know people like you know that are, are trying to offer this you know trying to to let people know that these things are there for them um but i have always been uh someone that does seek out someone to uh learn from um, even when I was in the hospital, uh, my background in critical care, I dressed right therapist, um, adult critical care, transplant, heart and lung transplants. Um, and years ago when I was uh, doing heart and lung transplants in Tampa, one of my big mentors was our CT surgeon. And um, he was very open to like showing you, you know, some of the pieces of the surgery, having you assist. And I got to go on a few different uh, organ procurements where you actually flew in, and brought the organs back for the transplant and learned that way. Um, and so it was being in that that type of teaching mentality um, from my medical career also uh, just translates throughout everything that I do. Um, you know, I, to your point, you know, I come in this space, I was seeking out people who I could learn from. So, and that's also part of why I started hosting the Twitter spaces because I got in the Twitter spaces and I started asking questions, getting on stage. I realized how early we were mm. and a lot of the people that I was, talking to didn't really have more information than I did. They may have had more of like a, a crypto, like financial background or be it more of a trading background. But as far as the NFT community building, we were all doing it together. We we're all molding it together. Um, and so that's why, you know, like I started hosting the spaces because it was just so new that we would all learn and, and build together. So, you know, then, then you talk about, you know, learning the space, you get your footing in, you start figuring out, you know, what all these things mean, uh, you know, like ERC 20 token and, you know, um, discord and all, you know, all the barriers of entry of coming in the web three. And then you start realizing, um, I think one of the big things for myself that I've been good at is telling where there are similarities and being able to compare things. And once you start experiencing a few different industries um so like i said my, my background is heavy medical but i also have a heavy uh our sales and marketing background too where i've done some of that and so i've got a bit of a, a varied background uh professionally 
And I start seeing patterns. You start seeing that a lot of things might be a little different, but they're the same type of principle. And so when I, you know, started coming to this space and I start learning about how to grow a community, it's very similar to how you would grow a community if you were building a brand. Um, and so whenever people came into the space that are, you know, proven brand builders, and this is, you know, talking about being opportunists and, and seeing an opportunity. The thing about being early to something like the Web3 space is that people who have a very long history of traditional Web2 brand building, they were also coming into the space, but you were able to have this access to them that you wouldn't normally have. Um, you know, prior to Twitter, I was actually also on Clubhouse and I learned the power of social audio and mm -hmm. that type of connection that you can make. And that, you know, it's almost like an, a live YouTube, right? So YouTube is amazing. There's all the information. I think Gary Vee says it all the time that like, if you want to learn something, you can learn anything yeah. on YouTube. Go to YouTube and you can learn it for yourself. There's like no excuses anymore. Clubhouse opened that up even more where you were able to go on stage, talk to people that were experts in their field that you would not normally get access to. So then Web3 came out and now you have this like even way closer to the sun access, yeah. I guess. And I was just like, I can't lose this opportunity. I'm not going to squander it. Yeah. And so I definitely always seek out people that, you know, have business background and and like I said, you know for me in this space what I want to see come out of our our web three space that why I'm still here is because I do believe there is a place for traditional business traditional plans and traditional proven sources of success that when we came into the space we wanted to be super cool and new but if we apply those same principles we can have success and the space will continue to grow and mature and we'll get to the next phases of where we'll actually become web three that's amazing. That's, there, there's so many good things. And Coach B, it's funny because I just, I was shooting you a text and I was just like, well, uh, Tess just answered the rest of our questions with that, with that answer. And um, so we'll kind of go, we'll go a little bit off script here, Tess. You know, the, the question, I think what, I, what we really wanted to draw from you is, you know, who is like a strong mentor to you? Yeah. It could be right now. It could be previously. Um you know, the basis of, of this show specifically, you know, it started off with insights directly to our community, but when we bring on guests and we bring on people like yourselves, uh, I think like we want to start to extract and maybe have a little bit of a specialty for why mentorship and coaching is so significant and um, and what it meant to that person, because ultimately that's what MedAthletes is all about, yeah. right? It's 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 providing education, but it's really like high level of, of mentorship and coaching that can get somebody from, you know, where they are now to where they want to be or where they would like to be. So um, is there one person that comes to mind for you that you feel like has, you know, I think your dad is like a huge one for you and similar to me, military background. And uh, there's a lot of great values there that have been still from a young age. Um, is there anybody else maybe professionally that you feel like has made a great impact on yourself? Yeah. Um, yes, of course. Um, big ups to, to Pops. Um, he's definitely going to be the number one mentor. Um, and uh, professionally, you know, I, I, it's a hard question because I, I feel like I have kind of like a toolkit <laughs> of mentors. Um, obviously, you know, a shared friend of ours, Brian Fanzo. I mean, he's amazing. Um, you know, he's always willing to take a call. Um, another person is Jordash, marketing genius, you know, talk with him. Um, and like, I, not to be, cause I'm here on this pod with you guys, but the two of you, and especially you, Drew, you've been one of the most amazing mentors to me, even though you feel like we're like parallel partners here as we always go through this space. Just jamming. Like, yes. I know. Like, I feel like we're like bro and sis and like the web three, like spot, just like slinging like 
ideas back and forth. Mm-hmm. But you have really like from the first time when we were on that space, seeing what you did, you know, with your IP, you know, with Alliance and then making them athletes and doing all that. I think you have a huge amount of success in yourself that I really look up to. So um, flowers to you. And uh, those, those are just a few of the uh, other people that I can name off the top of my head. No, I, I appreciate that. And, yeah. uh, B, I'll shoot it, shoot it over to you. Seth, you're one of the like the most positive people that we, that, you know, that we know in the space. Like based on just little messages that you'll post, your, your GMs. Like every time you come in and, and you chat, like you can feel your energy. And I think that Drew and I always talk about this: is, is energy is contagious, right? It can be positive energy, it can be negative energy, and it's and it's really can and it's it permeates through every single aspect of your life, but especially within communities. And we view, you know, Bulls and Apes as, as, as a massively successful project and a massively successful business. And you're part of that leadership team with that. Like, what have you, what have you taken away from your experiences with them? And, and have you, have you realized the level of success that you've had so far? Um, and what are the things that you, that you recognize that go into defining success is, is energy one of them? Is your positivity one of them? Like, what are the things that, cause everybody wants to know what the secret is. And so what things can you share with us about why you guys are successful? Yeah. So, um, have I recognized the success? I, I definitely think that's a, for me, no, because we have all of these goals that we want to meet. We have all these things that we want to do. I have so much impact bill that I want to bring to this space um, that, you know, I, I do know I'm a success, uh, you know, on some level, but I know it's a journey. And the thing about success for me is I'd never view it as a destination. Mm. It's a journey and it's, it's always evolving. Um, and it's going to change its definition. Um, I do think it's important to recognize the successes and the things that you've done and that I, I think a few people uh, sometimes will get hung up on success, um, you know, really chasing it and and not recognize that you're already successful uh, because you're here today and you're a better person today than you were yesterday. Whether you feel like it or not, you are, uh, you know, and it's easy to get hung up in the, the small micro up and downs. But over the macro, you know, if you look across, you're going to be going in the right direction, um, even if sometimes you got to go backwards and take a bump in the head and figure it out and then like go back. Um you know, from from the BAP team, I have learned so much. This is my first venture in a startup. Uh, so it was definitely a very fast-moving, fast-paced learning curve. Mm-hmm. So you've got a startup in Web3, and so I think you operated at 2.5 speed. Um, and one of the reasons that this team is what I, I agreed to go on, it's the only team I've ever worked with, is because of the leadership on the team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've got Anthony, our CEO and co-founder. He has a very strong corporate uh, background of leadership and building teams. Um, and, and so he knows what it takes to build a team. He knows culture very well, too. And so that's so important because businesses, you know, you can look at KPIs, you can, you know, look at revenue and all these things. But if you don't have a culture, you're you're not going to have the people, you're not going to attract those A players, right? Yeah. Um, and it's going to permeate down to your customers or your community, whatever you want to call, whatever your your user base is, that culture is going to permeate through it. So um, he's definitely been an uh, amazing leader. Um, having Gary uh, on the executive team too, Take Man, he has like 
years of entrepreneurship. He started multiple business. He he's done the entrepreneur uh, uh, business type building, and so they both have really great business mindsets, and they both got a ton of business experience. And their different ways together have been something that I have just soaked up and learned from. And so, so I kind of know, like sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll go to Anthony for uh, a thing, get some information, and be like, okay, I need to help me work through this thing. You know, um, how can I set up this? this report and I want to make sure that this is right. And I'm tracking this and, you know, and I'd like to grow the team this way. Cause we're actually at a point that we've been growing our team at I've got a team that I'm growing now too. And so it's really great to now pass that mentorship on. And now I'm mentoring and developing others as well. Um, and so I got, I've met with Anthony and then the same, and sometimes a little bit different, I can go to Gary and say, okay, you know, like walk me through how to work, work this out. Cause like if you've ever worked at a startup, you know, it's like, not quite it's not corporate like there's these kind of like different nuances where there's not a playbook there's not you know a a employee handbook to pull and say okay this is how we handle this situation there's gonna be a situation that that came up um and so just and for all of us um i think what makes vap successful is that we all have the same vision and same mission for the space we're all here wanting to create the space we're all here wanting to make it be a better place and make an empowerment of the people in the community and the people in this space, whether in VAP or in the web three space, we want to empower you. So that way you can get the best out of what it is that you want to create in this space. So having that aligned vision and mission, I think is super important. That's amazing. Now you talked about culture and that's something that Drew and I talk about all the time. And it's super important for athletic teams. It's super important for uh, a, a corporate, a corporate team, um, a relationship, whatever, um, a certain culture, value shared moral short shared belief system now we've been in a multitude of different kind of nft projects where culture sometimes isn't defined or culture sometimes is misunderstood what is it that you guys have done to establish culture within your community so that everybody understands what the the shared mission and the values are and and from from your standpoint is it is it daily communication? Is it constant communication? We're like, what's the what's the the day to day stuff that you guys do to establish? Because the culture is strong, right? And it's it's impressive, and not a lot of other projects have that same level of culture. So, um, what is it that you can share uh, that makes you guys successful there? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think that um, you know, one of the big things isn't unique. Um, there's a quite there's quite a few other communities that have done this but i do think it's super important and that's actually stating out loud your vision and mission and putting it up and letting people know this is what we're here to do Mm. um and so that way it's it's i always equate it as almost like um it's you know we're we're fully remote so we don't have the office and the sign above the door you know like we can walk in and like slap each day but it's there we know like this is why we're here so it's going to get tough it's going to be hard there's going to be challenges but we have this vision and mission clearly stated to always fall back on and communication on top of that continually showing in actions the way that we are doing that and so you know we had our community tokenization program that we brought out very inclusive empowering communities outside of our community so everything we think about that we're going to be bringing to the space it's ask uh you know we ask ourselves how is this going to align with our vision and mission is this going to help move that forward and so then when we do that, we bring something new the, to the table. We talk about, you know, our VC deal flow, for instance, is another one that we're, we're bringing deal flow to people who didn't think it was attainable. Well, that's exactly part of our vision and mission, empower people to build worlds so that they can live their best lives. And money isn't everything and, you know, investment isn't everything, but we do know that there's a 
a power of financial stability and education there that we're able to help show and provide. So I think, you know, definitely actions, communications, managing expectations, being transparent, um, and, and making it a partnership. Yes, we've got a great team. We're also leaders. We've got, you know, a team now, I think, of almost 50 people or something. Wow. But our other team is our community. Like, yeah. it's a huge part of our team is the community. So, you know, being able to have transparent conversation. And it hasn't all been roses and flowers, right? We have definitely gotten some things wrong <laughs> along the way. Um, and But we were honest up front and had communications with our community about that. We talked it out. And almost like a family, like, just really moved forward through it and, and did better as we uh, learned from. So I think those are super important keys. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, Tessa. Oh, God. No, no, no. Go, you guys. You got it, Drew. I was just going to say, you know, like it's to me, it's crazy to hear that you guys have close to 50 team members. And, you know, when you like B, I'm just thinking about like all these other projects that we got yeah. where it's like two people, three people like yeah. trying to run the show. And um, that culture that you talk about is so significant because, um, like even if it's just being able to talk to somebody or being like your um, your ideas are being heard, they're being uh, listened to, and even if they're not implemented, I think a lot of like I remember going into the the Bulls and Apes Discord and um, and B, I'll probably see you there because I know that you just picked up some mm -hmm. some OG Bulls too. But uh, I just remember like there's constantly a representative, there's constantly somebody to talk to. If there's a question, like somebody's like. Johnny on the spot, like ready to, to take care of you. And I think that, um, things like that are like in the moment, I think it makes you feel good. I remember it's funny because project's not really around anymore, but I remember going to one <laughs> for crypto chicks and like, I put in a question and at the time it was the lead of the project was like replied in like two seconds. And I was just like, this is such an incredible feeling. And I think I get the same feeling with bulls and apes. It's, there's always somebody ready to help. And that customer service aspect, I think is forgotten. And a lot of, sure. you know, like the norm is like, Hey, put in a ticket and we'll get back to you. And yeah. now it feels like I'm trying to reach this company because something happened and they're just like telling me to email them. And you know, I'll hear it back like five days later with, with you guys. I mean, there's always somebody like ready to go. Um, and so it's, um, it says a lot about your guys' commitment to experience as well as the vision piece. Cause I think you guys are truly visionaries when it comes to, uh, new technologies, new experiences, um, tying it together. And um, I wanted to give you some flowers too, because, you know, you'd mentioned that I was helpful in your journey. And, um, you know, we have our like random phone calls and like, I have all these questions that it's, it's so impactful for me because I know that you guys have um, such a dedication to figuring out what the future of this world looks like. Um, and culture is important, but it also needs to be sustainable. It also needs to, um, like when I see everybody and, and like when I hear that you have 50 teammates to me, that's just like, okay, this team is invested for their future. And it's almost just not like, uh, let's do another drop, you know, raise a couple million dollars and then, uh, let's tell everybody to wait for six months. It's like, we're able to actually take this raise. Maybe you don't want to call it a raise. We were able to take this revenue generated and we're investing it back into our future. And that's what I think about. And so um, there's a lot of, I think a lot of people could learn from from you guys and your guys' experience when it comes to um, how to build something for you know, sustainability, how to build something to not only make it seem legit, which is like, I think the goal of a lot of anything project is like, let's try to seem as legit as possible. It's like, no, these guys are super legit. Um, Tess, is there is there one thing, 
you know, we had a couple other questions, but I think you kind of answered some of the other ones. With meta athletes, I would kind of love to hear from your perspective what you think our culture is. And I think um, mm. one of the big reasons why we wanted to bring you on is because we do feel like like if we could attract 5,000 tested, like our community would be incredible, right? So like you're kind of like the ideal, we want to bring in more people <laughs> that think and act like her um, leaders. I need 5,000 yeah. 5, yeah. tested. <laughs> yeah, so being, that might make your life easier too. Yeah, that'd be awesome. But it's like, I would love to, like, you kind of talked about how, like, you know, hearing about us early on got you interested. But now that you've been in for a couple months, um, maybe you kind of just share a little bit about, like, what it's meant for you, how it's been significant, um, why you think other people should start to pay attention. Yeah. So I think um, going back to what Coach said about my positivity and personality and that energy, every person I interact with in Meta Athletes resonates and reflects that same energy and positivity back to me and we all know we've all been there we know what it's like that we have a cup and it can only hold so much and you you pour out of it into others and you need to have it poured back in sometimes you've got to refill your own cup right whether it's through your own private meditation exercise you know yoga time with your family or interacting with other people who help feed your energy and lift you back up and everyone in Meta Athletes is like that. The one thing, if I if I had to give a like one negative aspect of being part of a kick-ass like BAP team that I love so much, it's that I'm so in love with it and I got so much there that I'm doing. I don't get to spend as much time in the communities that I do also love outside of us. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I I feel like oh I haven't talked to the guys in so long and you know I pop I'll be like pop in the Twitter chat and then. I'll be in for like a week and then we've got some big initiative that's being built and going on. And right. I kind of like feel like I, I fall off the radar and, um, and it's like, uh, I just wish I could spend more time, you know, with, with your, with our community, yeah. med athletes. Um, because it's, it's definitely something that always makes me really go like, this is why, we're, why we're here. Like if people like, you know, like you said, if we can have 5,000 tests, you know, if we could double the amount of BAP holders and meta athlete holders, like, these are the people that we're here for. Yeah. These are the reason that we're building here in Web3. And so um, I just think it's definitely one of my favorite things is, is every time I come in, it's super positive. People are there to support you, even if, and you know, to your to the point of, like I said, like I, I kind of fall out for a week or something and people are just like, it's like picked right back up where we left off. It's like I wasn't even gone. And so I, I really love that aspect. Yeah, we have a... There's a few people over the last couple of weeks that have reached out to us and been like, you know, like I've seen meta athletes from the beginning and I've also been in a handful of other discords, other communities. Yeah. Meta athletes is the one singular one where like, I know I can just go and people are going to be, you know, so very supportive. Um, there's not, you know, like people are, there's almost like nothing really uh, negative. There's no negative experience. Yes. And I think that we take a lot of pride in that because uh, obviously, we set it up so that, you know, there's, there's, I think the community accountability is like, that's utility that maybe like any community could have, but it's so yeah. direct to our culture mm. that it's felt more, right? And it's like, um, like there's so many people that are just like, I know I need to clean up my diet. I'm going to go hang around from that athlete yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> or I know, I know like I have a wedding coming up and I want to, you know, make sure that I stay accountable to drop a couple pounds. Like I'm going to start hanging out with the men at yeah. a little bit. <laughs> and to me, that's like so impactful because it truly is like it makes an impact in people's lives. But it's also, um, I don't know if safe space is the right place to put it, but yeah. it's, 
I'm going to go surround myself with people that I know are going to be good for me. And I feel like in the NFT well, space, it's a little bit of a crapshoot where you're like, I'm going to go spend my time somewhere. Yeah. I think it's the winning culture that's kind of been fostered and been created. Uh, you know, everybody wants to hang around with winners, right? Like, and everybody wants to hang around people like leaders, right? Like people want to hang around with tests and people want to, want, to, want to hang around with us. It's because I think you start to feel that uh, if other people are willing, you want to find out what are they doing to win? If other people are feeling really good about themselves, what are they doing to feel good about themselves? And, um, you know, it's, we talked about before, like you're a product of the five people you hang around with the most. And if you surround yourself with really good people, like, like Tesla was a great analogy, like you're, if your cup is empty, they're going to help fill it for you. And and when you, when you see that other people do it frequently enough, then you want to do it to others and you want to give to others. And it's that, that giving mentality where you have to give to get. And eventually if you give, 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 like, and you're in the right places, you're going to get that same back and it could be in value. It could be in energy. It could be in knowledge. It could be in uh, information gained. It could be in friendships gained. Like there's so much to be able to, 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 to gain, but it is, I think it's a winning culture that, that you've helped foster and create Drew. Yeah. I'm saying yeah, Drew, don't, don't, don't forget. I know you mentioned the nutrition and the diet, but the mindset and mental yeah. aspect that you guys have, you know, that you've built and you've fostered that positivity. I mean, that starts everything yeah. right like uh-huh. you can work out you can eat great but if you have a bad mindset bad mentality negative mentality yeah. you're still going to be like so bloated your cells are great. like everything's tied so much to your mentality and every person in there is positive everyone's always cheering each other on every mm. like you said there's not there's not negativity there it's just and i know people like it sounds crazy like no there's always a couple negative yeah no i'm telling you guys <laughs> i know it's the best part it's it's actually it's the best, it's best I, I almost don't want to tell people we let it go but yeah yeah maintain it but um no I, I think you know both of you you know bring up so many great points and um you know even having these conversations like i think this is what we want to bring to the forefront and and um you know i put out a tweet I think earlier today or maybe it was yesterday, but coach B that workout I had after our purpose episode was just like, you know, like people need to listen to these conversations because it can like instantly make an impact and it makes an impact on me. And so, um, Tess, this has been an incredible interview. Um, any, any kind words you threw to us, like, trust me, I feel the same way about you. And, yeah. um, you know, in terms of leadership, mentorship, um, I think, you know, not even just not like honestly just watching you and, and seeing yeah. what you're doing you know and leading by example has been huge for me as well but um appreciate you for coming on coach b another great conversation and um we'll make sure to chat with everybody next week appreciate you thank you thanks so much bye guys